In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Most of you have not seen me this past week. Well, I've been on retreat. I've been on a retreat this past week. I've been on a retreat this past month. In fact, I've been on a retreat these past six months. I've been on a retreat this past 12 months, this past year. I think I've been on a retreat these past 17 months. I think all of us have. Many of us have been on retreats before, spiritual retreats, when we intentionally remove ourselves from our usual routines, when we can refocus our lives, maybe learn something deeper about ourselves and about God. Those retreats have often been life-changing. I encourage them. But this retreat, these last 17 months, this retreat, wow, has been unintentional, even forced upon us. Instead of living in tiny monastic cells, we have felt we were locked in cramped prison cells. We're coming out of those cells now, I know. We're cautiously returning to routines, even as we encounter obstacles and setbacks almost daily. Setbacks like returning to wearing masks indoors, caution among our friends, a recent upturn in COVID cases, Fear, certainly fear, for our children under 12 years old who are not yet eligible for critical and marvelous vaccines. Friends, let me remind you again, vaccines are your friends. Vaccinations are your friends. Hug a vaccine today. Today as we observe Homecoming Sunday here at the cathedral, and as we regather in schools and classes and prayer services, and even as we participate in public baptisms on this glorious day, let me review with you some of what I have learned during my long 17 month retreat. At the beginning in March of 2020, I learned that safety can involve being uncomfortable. There is a discomfort in doing things like wearing masks, but they save lives. I remember long ago in the 1960s when our culture and our law began mandating seat belts in cars. They were amazingly uncomfortable at first, but they saved lives. 
here at the cathedral, we called our season the season of social distance for the common good. On Good Friday in the year 2020, the sermon was titled, The Resurrection Begins Inside Us. And I preached about what various people have learned on retreat, in prison. In Lord Byron's poem, The Prisoner of Chillon, he said, A long communion tends to make us what we are. A long communion tends to make us what we are. We were starting a long, imprisoned communion, and we were learning who we were, the good and the bad. I remembered Anne Frank locked in an attic, and who was able to say things like, I found that there is always some beauty left in nature, sunshine, freedom, in yourself. These can all help you. I mentioned Nelson Mandela, who said, If I did not leave my bitterness and hatred behind, I'd still be in prison. The resurrection begins inside us, and Easter always begins in the darkness. By the summer of 2020, last summer, we were all stuck, and we missed each other. The cathedral was doing a magnificent job producing online services and live streaming things. But it was clear to most of us that online experiences, as splendid as they might be, are no substitute for actually sitting with each other in church. And so, a year ago, I wrote an article for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution about what essential services are. And I claimed that church services, gatherings of different people in spiritual community, are essential services, especially in a polarized culture. Worshiping God teaches us that we are not the be-all and end-all of life, Our positions and our opinions are not the only good ones around. The opinions of others, some praying right beside us, are part of the community. And when we begin to lose this sense of community, our voices become more random and untethered. I said that when people lose community, we become idiots. When we lose community, we lose the capacity to experience and understand people who are different from us. On my 17-month retreat, I encountered the same demons 
that I always seem to encounter on retreats. I realized again my own impatience. I have faced it daily. And I have faced again my demons, anger, bitterness, resentment, envy, and even the old standbys, sloth and gluttony. They're all in me. Retreats, even the unintentional ones, provide an opportunity to acknowledge those demons, admit them, and turn from them. Our watchword, my watchword, became first, no judgment. You've heard us say that for a long time. First, no judgment. Don't be hard on myself. Don't be hard on ourselves. Don't be hard on others. We are all struggling. Today we are baptizing people in a large congregational service for the first time in 17 months. The Christian church has a long history of different baptism practices. In the past, sometimes the person being baptized took a long 40-day retreat where he or she learned to encounter just those sins that needed to be discarded turned away from. A healthy baptized person knows and realizes just what he or she is rejecting. And let me review a strange baptism practice. At one time in Christian history, some adults refused to be baptized until they were about to die. Why? Well, because they figured that when they fell back into sin after baptism, they would lose their baptism and it wouldn't be valid. Constantine the Great, for instance, remained a catechumen, unbaptized, until just before he died. It took a while for the Christian tradition to accept that baptism does not make us perfect forever. We are not immune from sin just because we are baptized. We're still imperfect and imperfected strugglers in the faith. Well, I've learned a lot about imperfection, too, in these last 17 months of my retreat. I've learned that there is a virus, maybe what some people call a severe cancel culture virus, that demands that everyone be perfect all the time. That culture 
often madly driven by our overdramatic media, is impatient with imperfection. Impatient with imperfection. So many of us are unable to tolerate imperfection anymore. And so, politically speaking, I've grown tired of both the conservative and the liberal extremists, counselors on both sides. What I've learned on retreat is that all of us human beings are imperfect, no matter how or how many times we've been baptized. The healthy among us are at least self-aware. We acknowledge and bewail our shortcomings every week together. And we seek to re-engage life and love over and over again. These baptisms that we celebrate today are the beginnings of a new life, a new process of repentance and renewal. Repentance and renewal over and over again. We start a pattern, a pattern of renewal when we get baptized. We don't simply proclaim each other cleansed for all time. And that's why we all renew our own baptismal vows on these days. All of us together in community. This past January 6th in the year 2021, it was Epiphany. It was a frighteningly hard day in our country. The Sunday afterward, the Sunday afterward was the feast of the baptism of Christ. We remember Jesus who said, whoever would be great among you must be servant of all. And so on that day, I noted that we worship Jesus. Not the Jesus whose name gets posted up on a banner carried by thugs. No, we worship the Jesus who was not distracted by adulation or self-importance as he began his ministry. Today, Jesus shows us the art of paying attention to what needs attention. Order and righteousness, grace and truth, self-giving love. On that day, the feast day of the baptism of Christ, we remembered how Jesus began his ministry. And we committed to beginning anew as well. No matter how many times, no matter who we are, no matter how many times we've begun before, no matter how many times we've been born again, the vows of baptism offer us a chance to begin anew, to begin again and again. It's been a long 17-month retreat. Thank you for sharing it with me. Thank you for sharing it even when we've not seen each other, not been able 
to hug and kiss each other. Thank you for learning with me what I said this past March. On that first day, we gathered back together for worship inside this cathedral space. Remember that glorious day? I said, we are meant to practice the encountering of spiritual disease, especially when we take on disciplines and retreats. We're supposed to face the spiritual diseases in our own lives, not avoid them. The way to defeat them is to learn to acknowledge them, even the slightest touch of them, before they grow into more deadly diseases. Our admission and confession is what inoculates us from their larger expressions. And so I urge us then, and I urge us today in community, to bear the pain of each other. Every time we bear another's burden, we are being the vaccine for that other person. Like Jesus, every time we bear another person's burden, we are being a vaccine for that other person. In acknowledging the burdens of that other person, sharing them, we're somehow enabling that person, that body, that system to become healthy. It's a holy miracle. And when we help that other person to be healthy, even just one other person, we are helping the entire world to be healthy. My retreat, our retreat, our 17-month retreat is almost over. Oh, I so hope it's almost over. But I also hope I've learned again, over and over, what I was saying at the very beginning in the year 2020. And I repeat it now. In this season of contagion, we sure have discovered a lot of things that are contagious. The coronavirus is contagious for sure. Viruses are contagious. But so are lots of other good things. Peace is contagious. Anxiety is contagious but so is calm. Fear is contagious, but so is love. And finally, self-knowledge. Self-knowledge, inner awareness, knowledge of yourself is contagious. The more we realize who we ourselves truly are, the more people around us will realize who they themselves truly are, too.
Self-awareness is contagious. I said those things 17 months ago, but now, maybe, the end of all our exploring will be to arrive where we started and know the place for the first time. We are coming back home. We're coming back home to ourselves. And I pray in a renewed and enlightened way. We have been on retreat and it's time to come home. In the renewal of our baptismal vows and in the renewal of our hope of resurrection, homecoming 2021 is begun. Happy homecoming. Amen.